Hey Amy, it's time for a new podcast episode. A new podcast episode? What are we going to talk about today? Oh well, you you want me to say its name of the episode? Yeah. Shazam! This week's episode is about Shazam. Oops. <laughs> are you the movie phone guy? This is going to get <laughs> difficult, isn't it? Shazam is what we're talking about today. And apparently I can't say the name of this movie anymore or this bit is going to get really old really quickly. Does it work for me? Shazam! No. Girls don't go through vocal puberty. Nope. You just got taller and... Well, you're already an adult, so I'm not really sure how that works. Yeah. Now I can just shoot lightning. So, yes, if you haven't gathered what we're talking about, <laughs> we have mentioned the name several times, and that means you are not paying attention. Which, I mean, maybe you're doing something else, and that means you weren't paying attention, but, you know, now this is the time that you should start paying attention. Yes, abandon your life's work and dreams and listen to this. Listen to us talk about what we thought about Shazam, because we decided that we needed to do some more reviews on this podcast, and that we should start with Shazam, I propose of... The release of Shazam. So, can you shoot lightning out of your fingers or no? I, I'm not really sure where you are. I stopped counting. <laughs> okay, but part of me feels like you could do that anyway, so... I mean, my witchy powers aside. We'll never know. Except, what we do know is, it was a good movie. It really I, was. I, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, it was fun cast, fun writing... It was very, like, an 80s kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. It was very, like, John Hughesy, but not in the same way of Spider-Man. Yeah. It was, so, like, no, here's the thing. If Spider-Man was John Hughes, this was Goonies. Mixed with Big. Mixed with Big. But, I mean, that, the whole idea of kid turning into adult is pretty much always going to be associated now with Big, because I feel like that's what people know the most. Yeah. Which, I love Big, and there was a small nod to Big in this movie. Uh, that was amazing. I don't know if I would say small. Like, it was not so subtle. It wasn't subtle, but it, it was wasn't like, a big our... mo- It wasn't a big moment. <laughs> <laughs> but if you see them run across some giant stairs, that's the, uh, well, giant piano keys. Um, that's the iconic moment of the Tom Hanks movie, Big. Well, I guess we're going into spoiler territory now. Yeah, well, it's a review. Unfortunately, I'm not good at doing spoiler for a review because I like to talk about specifics. And that is fine. The movie's been out for a little bit. Uh, sorry about the piano spoilers, but from here on out, it will get It ruins very everything. The who, the what, the where, the when. The, the fact why that and how. The fact that we talked about piano keys. Yep. Nice job. You're welcome. But yes, from here on out, uh, be prepared to run into some spoilerous stuff. Yeah, but I think that you've gone, it, you've been given enough time to yeah, get through I mean, this movie. I know it's like pretty much the unspoken rule right now with certain TV shows, <clears throat> Game of Thrones. Well, that's about, you have a three minute window before spoilers come out. Uh, Marvel, you have, and DC, like superhero movies, generally yeah. a week. Mm, I think Endgame you'll have for Endgame I think you'll have like a day 
Maybe, yeah. Maybe two days. But the general rule. Yeah. Usually you have at least until the day after the official release. I would say DC movies follow the rule of you have about a week. But I think that might be due to lack of interest. I did not say the cause or the effect, just simply the rule. I just proposed a theory. Point is, there will be spoilers from here on out, if you did not gather from all of that. Um, Indeed. And so, I have where to would say, you like to start? Well, the best place to usually start is the beginning. All right. Uh, so, I really enjoyed this movie, uh, but I have to say, the first like 15 to 20 minutes of this movie, uh, first of all, I will give them props for like opening with the, the villain origin, because... Yeah. You know, some I feel like a lot of movies use the momentum and starting of the movie and then we have to halt all of that momentum and do the Oh, well now we have to see what the, we, how we get the villain. Now we have to get the villain's reason for being villainous. Right. And so I did appreciate that they're like, "Okay, now we're just going to get get this out of the way first because yeah. Uh, our villain got a lot of more screen time than usual in this one. Uh, yeah, so I'm fine with the fact that we opened with the villain. Like, that was fine. It was more the fact that we spent the most of, like, the first third of this movie just on backstory. Like, everything was backstory. And that part made it very, like, very slow going. So for... I can pretty much tell you the turning point of this movie where I decided that I really liked it versus just being like, eh, it's okay. And it was when we, and I'm going to fast forward for a second, when we get the villain and uh, Shazam meeting for the first time. That was when, like, from then on, I was sold on watching this movie. Before then, there were moments that I thought were really, really good, but overall, it was slow for me. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say all the stuff, all the stuff I just said comes with a grain of salt. Like, I'm glad they did that, but it was just, yeah, uh, the, the first 15, it was just the first 15 to 20 minutes for me. I, I got on board after that because I started, uh, I don't know, I, I was, I was interested. It, it was, you know, it felt a bit too much like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah. Uh, and then it went into things that I have not seen this before. And that's what we wanted. Yes, indeed. So, of, like, the beginning parts, I think my favorite things were um, the villain re-meeting his father, or, like, visiting his father and his brother in the office. I, it was so horror movie and much darker than I thought anything was going to be in Shazam. That whole scene with the Seven Sins and in the office. I found out what movie he did before this because I knew it was a horror movie because I was looking at like a spoiler <laughs> or like some like coverage of the movie um, from people who had seen it long ago. But um, he directed Annabelle Creation, mm -hmm. so I knew that he had a. I knew that there was a horror background going into this. What? But so that scene was like really well done, like. That, the way that you saw through the fogged glass in the office, all that was so cool. I was a little disappointed that come later on in the movie, the sins pretty much, like, stepped back from their deadliness and, like, their ho the horror aspect and just kind of became glorified Scooby-Doo chasers. Like, that was a little disappointing. I still enjoy, like, it's, it's the thing where I say 
disappointing because like that was the expectation that was set up. I'm not disappointed and I'm not surprised with like how they became in the end because it's a kids movie. Yeah. But I was expecting a little different from the before, like the setup. No, I agree because they were very, very threatening uh, creatures, and you know they were the kind that would get into your head. Yep. And were very, yeah, high level stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, I thought the exact same. You said the exact same thing. I was thinking because you just throw in that, you know, if I saw. A dog running around and bloop, 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 making the little sound effects for running. I yep. mean, you'd have a Scooby Doo chase. Yep, indeed. So, that that was one of my favorite parts in the other scene, and then I really liked the training montage, which yeah. I still count as like first. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's the whole point of this movie, or like what this movie is and celebrates, is the actual reality of what would happen if someone. Just became a superhero. Instantly became a superhero. Especially a kid. Yep. A, a kid became a superhero. It's like, you and your friend go out and figure out what powers you have and what you can do with it and what you can get away with. Or you and your foster brother of, like, two days. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have Billy Benson, who become, who is a foster kid, because he was left behind by his mom at a fair. And then has been spending his entire life trying to find her again because he got lost and he gets sent to a foster home with five other kids and two really awesome foster parents who were very cool i like them a lot yeah they they're like "Hmm, we need to pick people that are very uh charismatic oh wait can we get the guy from walking dead that's super (laughs) charismatic Yes. Yes, we can. He's available. <laughs> and so the story sets up very vaguely that the foster mother and father were also foster kids who met perhaps in the foster system Which or like I, bonded I like that over. dynamic a lot. It made it more uh just it it helped the res- the what's the word I'm like? the, the resolution of that story. The payoff became much stronger because I'm like that makes it gave, it gave uh, more supporting characters, yeah. yeah, something to to chew on. Yeah, no, but. I agree. Like, I think one of the stronger points of this movie was the fact that like all the B characters were fairly like well developed to an extent. They were developed enough for you to care. Yeah, like they didn't get a ton of screen time, and like they probably could have done more if they had more time. But it, it would have ended up being a much, like, longer movie. Yeah, it was already over two hours. It was, like, two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, they did a good job of developing their B cast outside of our main, like, three people. Yeah. Which I would say is Billy, um... Freddy. Freddy, and the villain. Yeah. His name is complicated, and I don't remember how to pronounce it. Yeah. So, from here on, his name is Mark. Because Mark Strong is the villain, and he, poor guy, he's he's almost always playing the villains. I mean, though, in this movie, he has a magic mystical eye with a giant scar over it. He's bald and walking around in a giant, in like a long coat. He is Blomfeld from the James Bond movies, or Dr. Evil. Or just straight up any villain that any ten-year-old has ever wrote in their first story. And I think, I mean, that's how he is in the comics, I believe, yeah. and 
uh, he, I really liked him in this movie because he does a great job of knowing what movie he's in. Yeah. He's one of those actors that knows exactly what he's doing and where he is. Yeah. Uh, and Sherlock Holmes, he knows he's in a mystery kind of, uh, thriller story, uh, and he gets to be the very serious and the very, uh, mind-gamey person. This mm-hmm. one, he knows he's in a villain in a very silly comic book movie. Uh, yes. And so he gets to be the mustache-twirling villain, uh, but... Without the mustache. Right. Uh, like I said, he looks... His looks are based off of a James Bond villain. And so, when you think about it that way, he, he knows what where he is. Oh, yeah, 100%. And he gets some, like, really fun moments as just, like, a villain. And, like, my favorite thing with him is during the climactic scene where, like, he and Shazam are flying around because Shazam can fly, if you didn't know. Um, and they're flying through the city and they both stop. And they're, like, two city blocks apart, maybe? Yeah. And the villain's doing his, like, villainous monologue, and we start on him, and he's like, I'm going to destroy you and your family and everything! And you cut to Shazam, and you hear nothing from the villain. He's just like, what? (laughs) What? You're, like, a mile away! (laughs) And then we cut back, and the guy's just continuing his monologue, and that was really funny to me. Yeah. Uh, I know that that was... I think that was the moment because I was watching some people who had, you know, seen the movie early because some people get to see the movie super early and get to talk about it once the embargo is lifted. Uh, but they're like, there's a moment. Oh, I'm sorry. Our podcast hasn't reached that level of screen awareness yet. And it's your fault. Yours? Not yours. No. What did I do? No. The people make us popular. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that was... That was the pinnacle of, like, yeah, this is the pinnacle of, like, the meta-ness and, yeah. and, and everything. Because Shazam is a pretty meta superhero. Not to, like, the point of Deadpool talking to camera and talking to, like, the boxes and stuff. But he knows he's... It's not like he knows he's in a superhero movie, but he knows the tropes of being a superhero. They make it a big point that Freddy's a big superhero fan, and so... They live in a world of superheroes. Sp- not Spider-Man. Sorry. Uh, I'm thinking of the Batman, other things. Superman. That, yeah, I'm thinking of this weekend. Aquaman. Um, Woman. Yeah, so they make a lot of references to that and all the studies people have done on superheroes because of, like, those, like, the Justice League being there. Because this takes place in that timeline, yes, technically. Yes, and they pulled the actual Justice League figures and put them in the toy store. Indeed, and nothing else. <laughs> um, so you really do get like commentary on what it means to be a superhero and what it means to grow up in superhero culture, which is really interesting as we grow up in superhero culture. You don't say. Yeah, it's such a metaphor for growing up. Wow. Wow. I can't say the name, otherwise this will go away. I mean, to be fair, we both sound very manly today, just because it's been a long weekend, and it's very early in the morning. But, uh, for, before, before we talk about, like, the ending and, like, the, the, the whole, where it, like, really gets fun. Yeah, super, super good. Yeah, and super, super heroy. Yeah. Uh, 
I have to I have to call out those rascally Funko Pops. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. For you people that are Funko collectors, which I'm sure uh, a lot of you in our audience are Funko collectors, uh, I have many Pops myself, and Amy does as well. Yeah. Uh, be careful now, because they are starting to get very spoilery uh, months before a movie comes out. So, if you have not seen the movie, you've already gotten a lot of spoilers. But, uh, if you you may have noticed before, if you saw any pop figures, just the existence of those pops are spoilers. Yep, the same thing happened with Captain Marvel. And since we've already talked about Captain Marvel in this series of podcast episodes... So, like, I know that a lot of people were spoiled with Jude Law's character and, like, the twist on him because of his Funko Pop. Um, and then, again, Shazam was a big... Well, and it's one. weird because they also have pops for things that don't exist. Uh, and they're taking it just based off of marketing. Uh, like, for example, they before the movie came out for Infinity War, they had Hulk busting out of the Hulkbuster as a pop and that does not happen yeah uh so uh at least with captain marvel one of the other things they did is they had the 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 flurkin yeah and that was that actually came out like a couple of days after the movie yeah it was a later release and like at least they decided to wait on that well it could also i mean when it comes to toys it could also be that when they were showing it to test audiences, they found out after they created their first batch of pop figures that the Flurkin was one of the most popular things in the things for their test audiences, and then they had to design the pop and have it come out. So it's not... I don't want to give full credit to them for releasing it after as not a spoiler, because part of it could be that they found out she was pop... or the Flurkin was popular after the fact. Because when it came to Star Wars, the first movie, so Star Wars The Force Awakens... Um, if you look at a lot of the released uh, toys and all that, Ray is almost absent from everything. She was absent from most of the Funko Pops. She was absent from the Star Wars chess that they made from it. She was absent from almost all of the marketing material until the movie like fully came out and they realized how popular she was because she was in every promo. She was in everything. Like she was the like a main focus of all of the things, but when it came to producing all the toys for it, they focused on Kylo Ren, who did not end up being the most popular character like they thought he was, because they thought he was going to be another Darth Vader. And for some people, maybe he is, but in a general scope of things, he doesn't have the presence and he doesn't have the popularity of Darth Vader. But Rey got super, super popular with a majority of, like, female audiences and male audiences and, you know, everybody, not just on that scale. Yes. I'm raising my hand. Me. And so... You saw after, like, that happened, you had to wait, like, two to three months after that for there to start being more Ray pop figures, for them to re-release the Star Wars chess set to include Ray because they just did not expect her to be a character people liked. Even though she's literally the main character. Yeah. But, I mean, they also did rewrites for other stuff, like yeah. the later episodes to include more of her and Poe and Finn, so... You and never know what could have been. The, the I honestly f- think they were meant to focus more on Kylo Ren than they are now, which is fine with me because Kylo Ren's a whiny baby brat, and I don't. Care. I think it was just the Skywalker thing, but all of that, 
I think you're right. I think that was like the point where this kind of stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the fallout from that is that now we're getting spoilers. Uh, so the only other uh, pop figures besides the character, yes, uh, is all of them in their powered up versions. Yeah. And the I'm like, Shazam cool. family. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. Uh, we sell pops where I work, and so I'm like, well, I know that they all get powers. Well, yeah. I knew that there were others, and then as soon as he's introduced to his foster family, I'm like, cool, so they all get powers, thanks for that, yeah. now I know. I mean, the moment that they showed us that in the place with the wizard, which we haven't actually really talked about, the fact that there is the wizard who is, like, the most judgmental man I've ever seen on the screen, he's just like, no, you suck. No, you suck. He kidnaps people, tells them that they are that they suck, and then throws them back into their life, making them think that they're crazy. Although I think there are some people out there that could use that, could get pulled away from their life, being told that they suck, and then sent back. Maybe, but he seemed to be doing it to a lot of people, and, like, for real, though, calm down, bro. <laughs> uh, but in there, we see the seats, like, the seven seats. And so when we saw that and we saw all the foster kids and how they sit around the table and, like, as, like, the family, that, and also, you notice, like, they do the hand-in thing to, like, talk and do all that. It was such a metaphor for the fact that they were all going to get powers. It was foreshadowing, but, you know, there's, uh, we live in a world where superhero movies are always setting up something else. So it could have been, like, a sequel thing. And oh, yeah. Like, I wondered about so there, that. So there could still have been that element of surprise. They're like, oh, it's happening now, at least. Yeah. Uh, but all that being said, that was super fun. That and was one of the best points. And I loved how, you know, the kids adapted so much better to these power sets. And I still think that the theory is, like, for me, that... Or my thought was, like, you know, they got to see Billy do it, so... Yeah. But I think the most perfect uh, casting of the other kids in the family was Freddy as uh, Adam Brody. One, those kids, <laughs> I did not realize how similar those guys look. Like, I totally bought that when he grows up, that's what he's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, but there's just this whole thing with his character from the OC being obsessed with comic books and always wanting to be a superhero and I think that's a bit of and Brody wanting to play a superhero, and now he finally d- does get to. So there's it, his his casting became a full circle moment. Yeah, and I really liked the casting for the youngest sister. Like she did a really good job, like being like, "Oh my gosh, everything's so cool! I'm an adult! Wow!" That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, also, I, was I really liked all of them. The, yeah, I really liked the guy from From Dust Till Dawn. I saw him, it was like, the fact that he had more muscle and, like, a beard, I was like, but is that you? And it is, and he's so freaking cool. Um, but I liked all of that part, and what I found really interesting, though, was that I really liked, like, the young actors, all those kids. Like, they did such a good job that, like, I like Zachary Levi, Zachary Levi, however, Levi. Levi. Okay, I wasn't sure if he was, he changed it for brand safety. Um... I really, like, I like him as an actor, and he's fun, and I enjoy the stuff that he does, like, as a person in general. But I won't lie and say I wasn't slightly disappointed every time the kid disappeared because I enjoyed that kid so much. Like, the lead kid, like, he did such a good job. 
like he did from the drama of like you know his mother rejecting him to like the fun moments of like you know going through the thing of like no i'm super cool now just like deal with it you know just he he played that scope so well that like it was always like slightly sad that like we didn't get more of him because he then became Shazam. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that he was, he was the comedic relief in his own movie. So I don't know. Yeah, I, as much as they are the same person, there's that sort of separation there. Yeah, but I mean, if you but, suddenly I mean, became like beefed up Zachary Levi but after he's... being scrawny child, I feel like you're gonna get that pompous attitude. You're gonna adopt the attitude that you feel you should have as an adult. And... No, like, everything is works, and why that just increases the actor for Billy, his value. Mm. Because most of the time, people don't care about that, that side of the stuff. No. Like in the Assassin's Creed, no one cares about the modern-day story. They just want to go back and do the Assassin's Creed stuff. With this... Uh, it's good that we like to see the other side and not just the superheroic side. So he that that makes him very important. Uh, and so when Shazam two comes out, which they have confirmed already, uh, at least we know that we will care about the non superheroic stuff. I'm really hoping that they give these kids and like the rest of the Shazam family like, decent screen time, because I actually really enjoyed them all as, like, a dynamic. And so my worry for the sequel is that we're going to have to focus so much solely on Shazam, because, you know, it's a Shazam movie, and that we're going to step back from the fact that all these other people have powers, or something's going to happen so that they don't, and he has to restore them, or whatever. I, th I think the... The... De the device... <laughs> what? <laughs> Woohoo! The diversity of all of the kids is something that they wanted to push and I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it may actually be the opposite. I think we might, it looks like we might get more of that than we did in the first one. Which would be awesome. I, I think the one thing I was slightly disappointed about... Because you can use the name as a brand for all of them. Yeah. And not just him. Because everyone says it. Yep. C but, um, because it's the name of the wizard. Right. And so it's not actually the the character's name it's all about the old man wizard indeed as all stories always end up being with dumbledore and gandalf and merlin and many others i'm sure that are escaping my mind um there's always the old mentor sort of thing um the one disappointment i had when the kids were fully transformed is the fact that the oldest sister um we get the most screen time with her Freddie and the youngest sister mm -hmm. and we get a lot of moments of superfied youngest sister and Freddie we get almost nothing with her and yeah. that was like a disappointment to me because I'm like we even get to see like the other siblings do something heroic and we get almost nothing from her yeah except for like background fighting and I think that was like really sad because I was really I liked her a lot. She's the oldest, and she's she's the leader. Yeah, and she's she's the the one that that really cares and doesn't want to leave her family. Cause... Yeah, she's one of the other ones that got the most development, and the fact that we get 
not much of anything from her as a superhero was like disappointing. Yeah. I don't know me. if it was like a scheduling thing or whatever, but either way, it was, way, it was just disappointing. A cut. Yeah, I think it was a cut. I'm pretty sure they probably filmed at least one thing for each of the siblings at that point, and they had to cut something. And I think that hers probably just got cut. Yeah, which was just you know that was just slightly disappointing. I'm wondering if they're gonna tell their foster parents. Yeah. Is she going to go be a superhero in her own city? What is, what's going to happen? All we this... shall see. Yep. Point is, we are interested. We are interested. I would like to see more. But, yeah, overall. Uh, Solid movie. movie. Yep. Would recommend. Would go watch see again. it if you have not. Would watch again. Uh, yeah, I think that about does it. This has been a quick review from Talk Nerdy to Me Baby. Because, wow, we are just at. Almost 30 minutes. Whoa, we did wow, it. Wow, we did it. It's not an hour-ish. Yeah. That's crazy. But hopefully you enjoyed this. If you like us doing slight movie reviews or TV reviews or just reviews in general, let us know. Send us tweets, comment, and leave reviews on whatever you're listening to this on. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, I Apple Podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud or if we switch providers, something else. Um, whatever it is, let us know, and you can talk to us at hashtag TalkNerdyToMeBB. And, as always, I am Case Crusader. And I am Amory by the Sea on and, all social medias. Yes, and this has been our review, we hope you enjoyed it, of Shazam! You it's... had to do it. Do what? <sighs> eh...